This is Messenger Insight, a podcast program brought to you by Oklahoma Baptist and the Baptist Messenger. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Hobbs, your host. I'm really thrilled how we're starting out the year with two friends from OBU. We have Dr. Brian Camp and Dr. Matt Emerson. Well, welcome, gentlemen. I'm so, glad to be here. Thanks awesome. very much for having us. Well, hey, uh, I want to get your titles right. Dr. Camp, you are a professor of family science right. at OBU. And then you serve in a number of capacities, Dr. Emerson, uh, your academic dean there at OBU. And you've been a regular on the podcast now. So welcome back. Yeah, this is what, number four, maybe five? You're an yeah. expert by now. That's right. Well, uh, Dr. Camp, I thought we could start out and tell people um, about your, your field of, of teaching and work and some of the goings on with that. Uh, sure. First, well, um, you know, I've been at OBU for almost twenty years, and uh, family science is a discipline most people don't know much about. They don't know it exists, but uh, we have been training students uh, to go out and change the world at the level of family for a long time. So I teach uh, everything that is familial. If it's how to get married, if it's how to date, if it's how to uh, deal with complicated families, uh, whatever it is, uh, grieving. Uh, birth, uh, the, the you know sexuality, everything that that forms in that family unit um, is something that we're going to address at OBU. That's awesome. Have you you know from the time you began teaching in this field to today, have there been any uh, issues that have uh, really adapted and, and risen to the forefront that that would have surprised you when you first started out in in this field of teaching, or have you seen some consistent threads or all of the above? Wow. So 30 years ago, um, I, I think there's more consistency than what we uh, kind of feel like there is. Mm -hmm. So things like the divorce rate has actually been going down uh, or staying the same, yet we don't feel like it has. You know, So, so that's actually surprising. Um, but the biggest surprise had to do with what, what or how we've redefined words, the meanings of words. Hmm probably the biggest change that I've seen in 30 years. So um, what is marriage and what's it supposed to be made of? That's been redefined by our courts and others. Um, uh, for good or bad, I, you know, we can, we can have that conversation, but uh, I wasn't expecting a redefinition of things. And so we, we do have that. Um, there's things within the, the, the conversation about sexuality where things have been redefined and labels have been used, and it's just odd to see those changes. But from a uh, uh, big overview, right, that 30,000-foot view, people still get born in families for the most part. Um, in some way, they get raised in some form of family, and then they um, get out of that family in some fashion, and it's pretty much all through death. We haven't seen anybody escape yet. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting. So what would some of the coursework look like for an OBU student going going through uh, this degree and program? Yeah. And Well, we've got um, students are going to take, uh, you know, of course, general curriculum stuff for any OBU student. Uh, but in particular, they'll take about nine content classes that are family-specific. So they're going to get a an intro class uh, that's family science. Well, a lot of a lot of universities don't even touch family science. They don't know what it is. It's a new discipline, been around you know about eighty years, but it's still relatively new. So they'll get an introduction class. They'll get um, a parenting class, a marriage class. Um, 
They're going to get a uh, human sexuality class. So get some problem classes, like how do we deal with these difficult issues class. We'll have debates and talks about those. Um, we're, going, we're going to ask them to, to spend about 30 hours in doing only family content. And wow. That's, that's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Dr. Emerson, what, what encourages you about the, the strategic uh, nature of all this and, and how it fits in with an OBU education? Yeah. So I think that there's a couple of things to say there. First of all, you know, the, the Lord has made our world such that the family unit is sort of the basis of society. So understanding how the family works and the challenges that it presents and, and ways to minister to families, uh, not just uh, as a vocational pastor, but even for those who are working in the counseling field or uh, with children's homes, crisis pregnancy centers, how to help families come alongside of families, minister to families. Um, that's important. Uh, it's important because God created the world to include and be really based on, in terms of society, families with the first family, Adam and Eve. And then in the fall, uh, with the fall into sin, sin affects families. And so this degree program helps our students understand what the family is, what it should be, and then also how sin affects it and how we can help um, to show the, the grace of Christ and how the gospel impacts families. So that, that, that's exciting to me. Uh, you know, <clears throat> in that regard, a lot of times when we think about OBU, people might immediately think about vocational ministry. Right? But there are a lot of other ways that the Lord calls and equips people to serve him outside of vocational ministry. And this this degree plan can help those who are called into certain kinds of vocational ministry, but it also equips people um, to, to serve the Lord in ways that are outside of church life, which is important. You know, God doesn't call everybody to be a pastor or associate pastor or student pastor, worship pastor, right? There are other callings that the Lord places on their lives. And of course, we have a lot of degree programs for a lot of different callings at OBU, like nursing and teacher ed and business. But this program in particular connects um, with both what we are, care about in the church and also fields of work outside of the church. So it's, it's sort of a bridge discipline, really, um, between vocational ministry and what you might call secular work. I'm not crazy about that phrase, uh, mm -hmm. but but that kind of thing. So that's exciting to me. The other thing that is exciting to me about this program, and there's lots to, to be excited about, but I, I think one of the other things to mention here is that uh, this program connects specifically to work that our churches and our state convention cares about. So Students who graduate from this program are equipped to go and serve in some of our state entities, like the Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Yes. Got that right? Yes. Uh, I, I was confused on the acronym earlier. Uh, and then uh, also uh, Baptist Village Communities. So yes. in terms both of caring for children who have been displaced and in terms of caring for those who are nearing the end of life, um, this program is equipped to help them work in both of those capacities. And then uh, caring for people from womb to tomb in other ways. Uh, yeah. So in terms of adoption agencies, foster care, crisis pregnancy centers, um, counseling, things like in Shawnee, we have a couple organizations called Community Renewal and Mission Shawnee that mm -hmm. serve um, un underprivileged neighborhoods and families. 
So connecting our students to work that Oklahoma Baptists care about is one of the real strengths of this program. Our graduates can go and serve in these ways. might not look exactly like going and serving on a church staff, but there are ways that are coming alongside of and um, being included in the work of the church, which is to shine the light of Christ in our communities and specifically in families. Amen. Well, I love uh, OBU's role in that. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about this topic of family and you think about the scriptures, how how strong this theme runs through. Of course, the uh, God's uh, great work of salvation, but people are a mess. Family Families are a mess. What why not are simple, are they? Why is why is all this so complex, Doctor Camp? And and, and uh, you know how how does God call us to be faithful in all that? I, mean, I, I love I love referencing scriptural families because the Old Testament is where we get most of that data, and it's it's a wonderful mess, uh, and yeah. that God used wonderfully messy people to accomplish His will, and uh, so we we can we can point to that. But for some reason, we do have this image that we're supposed to be, you know, prettied up and and sin free, and I uh, haven't met those people yet. Um, <laughs> you know, I've I've been on church staff and uh, worked within the church as a counselor, and it is as full of hurting people. Everybody has uh, going to affect, or they're going to feel the effect of of sin uh, in their life. There's just not a way to get a, a away from that. Um, we hope that we don't continue to walk in the path of sin, right? We hope that we step out of that, but it's still going to leave a scar. I have not met any people that don't have some level of, uh, of mistake in their life and uh, regret, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And yet some people with wisdom say, I learned from those things. I learned from these mistakes. You did, and that's all good, but now you've still got pieces, right? You still got the ramifications of our choices, that we have to live with, and those can be uh, rather frustrating. We we want we want it now, and we want it pretty. We want instant families. We want instant marriages. We're in an instant society, uh, and yet um, there's nothing easy and instant about families. It's long term growth across time and mistake, and uh, the church is really good about walking with families want, uh, let me say it this way, there's there's people in the church who are really good at walking with families who are hurting. And, and families that are only hurting a little bit still need to be helped. Um, there are some people in the church that are less good at helping uh, walk alongside hurting families. They're more likely to to shoot their own, right? We, we do have that in our repertoire of, of history. In fact, uh, Matt, you were talking about the uh, the entrance of people into this field. One of the things that motivated me back in the 70s, uh, I, I'm a local kid, grew up at First Baptist under Paul Box. Some people mm. may know him. Um, and uh, I saw families in that church who were um, scared to reach out for help because in the 70s, all you needed to do was pray about your problems. You didn't need to get help with any of them, and there wasn't anything beyond that. And so I said, you know, my mission God called me to was to go and try to help Christian families be stronger Christian families. It is the most uh, important uh, testimony that we have is how our families are li- being lived. Uh, we can't 
we can't turn our kids into things they're not. They're going to make choices, but we can still live with integrity, the lives. And that's, that's really hard to do all on our own in a culture that's changing so fast. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great observation. In one of the C.S. Lewis Narnia books, there's this character that turns out he's a bad guy. And the char- and one of the characters says, never judge a bear until you've seen him in his own den. In the concept, sometimes our own weakness and vulnerability is most seen at home. Our kids yes. see it, our spouse. And these these are hard, hard dynamics, but I, I see discipleship uh, the Lord, the Lord can bring us along. What What's rewarding to you uh, in the classroom? Uh, what 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 are some of those moments that it encourages you, or you see a light bulb go on, or uh, a topic comes up, and you're able to thoroughly uh, work work through? I, I love uh, when. I mean, that's why I think anybody that's in teaching loves watching those light bulbs come on, uh, and and it's the discovery that a simple answer is not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, we want simple answers. Is this, does God love this or does God not love this, right? Is this godly or is it not godly? Well, if you ask the question, what would Jesus do? That really doesn't help you a lot in dating because Jesus didn't date. So we, we, have, we have a problem, right? We've, <laughs> we've got to, to fill in some information here in a way that can be useful for our current culture. And so when students have aha moments, it is, it is delightful. And they, they have them in most of my classes, although different students for different things. I think students that start studying the family start realizing that uh, although they came from maybe a great family or maybe a broken family, there are some things that people can do to make it better. And uh, if we didn't have a hope, if we didn't have a, a possibility of having better families, we wouldn't be in the business of educating. But we can. And that's that's the joy. So, um you know, each of us on this podcast are, are men, and we we each have kids, and specifically daughters. Uh, what are you seeing, or what would your advice be to to dads of daughters out there, or fathers uh, of kids? And w- what are you seeing as the key area for Christian men to shore up in their role as fathers? Mm. I think too often, um, I, I I typically tell students that. Your peers are interested in your immediate future. <laughs> what are you looking like today at school? Your parents are interested in your uh, longer vision future, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now. But I think God is interested in our eternal future. Hmm. And so I think for any parent, but particularly um, dads with daughters, um, are you playing the, the eternal game? Is what This child is going to make some mistakes. This child is going to learn in the way that she learns. She needs to be learning for heaven, right? That's that's the character that she needs to be forming now because a thousand-year project is what's underway, not mm-hmm. a two-year, not a five-year. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to grasp sometimes because I want my daughter to be really cool and perfect and, and, and righteous now. And yet all of us in the ministry have seen um, the wayward children of life come back and you can't predict when they're going to come back, but play the long game instead of yeah. the even the intermediate game is is the best most of us do, and we got to think the long game. Yeah, well, Brian, you know more than I do because my oldest is only fourteen, and you've gone through more stages than I have at this point. Um, but 
You know, I think a couple of things. Uh, first of all, what you just said is absolutely right. Uh, I think for me, um, over the years, it's it's become more and more apparent that my daughters really watch the way I treat my wife. Hmm. And, you know, that's obviously, as you said, Brian, we all make mistakes, and that includes mistakes that I make in the way that um, – you know, I respond to or talk to my spouse. It also includes them watching the things that I sometimes do well by the grace of the Lord. Um, you know, so dads with daughters, I mean, they're they're watching mm. um, is one thing I would say. The other thing is, you know, it's my understanding that at this point, the conversations around gender and sexuality are having a statistically higher impact on uh, young women choosing alternative lifestyles. And so, you know, one thing that Alicia and I have tried to do is to be as transparent and clear as we can with, especially our oldest, but as, as our, our second daughter is entering middle school, her too, uh, having these conversations about gender and sexuality. Um, so, you know, at OBU, we're going to hold the line on what the Bible teaches about gender and sexuality. Dr. Camp does in his classes, we do in, in Hobbes. We, you know, those are two of the main areas where we touch on these issues. Um, but there's also a way to have those conversations where, you know, our kids feel like they can talk to us about it. Um, not, not that we're, you know, being wishy-washy, but that we are saying, hey, here's what the Bible teaches about gender and sexuality you know, marriage is between one man and one woman. God created two biological sexes, male and female. And we have that conversation, but also in the midst of that, hey, we know that this friend of yours at school, you're hearing this from them. Well, let's talk about what the Bible says about that. How do you feel about that? Having those conversations where you're being clear about what the Bible teaches, but also leaving space for them to ask questions and to come to you and talk to you about it. I mean, I think that's really important right now, especially, um, not just in our cultural climate, but particularly with young women uh, because of the t statistically higher impact this is having on them choosing alternative lifestyles. Yeah. So, you know, it is a long game. I mean, um, I'm sure we could all go around the table and talk about long games with multiple people in our families or even mm -hmm. ourselves. Um, but <clears throat> hoping that whether or not it's sinking in right now that there's there's space being created for them to come and talk about issues of gender and sexuality as prominent as those are in our culture. Yeah. yeah I, th I think I'll follow up on that with um, this conversation that Dr. Bandy and I, our, mm. our former colleague at OBU, we, we're, we're currently writing a book called Discipling Sexuality because that is such mm -hmm. a hot topic for our culture. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know how we're not being intentional about discussing this throughout the lifespan. We leave it for a, you know, age 12 conversation and that's that's too much water's gone under the bridge by then. We need to have been discipling this from birth. Yeah. You know, we're we're doing a podcast here and this will go out over social media. It seems like technology and social media mm -hmm. have presented yeah. a mm -hmm. new a new wave or a new um struggle for families to deal with. What are you seeing in this area of families and technology and distraction and 
the digital age and, and all that, Dr. Camp? Well, you know, the, the smartphone's been out, what, 12 years? Yeah. And uh, we, we were, we're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. We're not ready for what it's going to do to us, for us, but mostly to us, and the threats that, that are coming about because of them. Um, and yet there's so many really good opportunities. I think the challenge is that the parents can't adequately be often the teachers to, to guide the students on how to use that technology well, the three-year-old, the five-year-old, 12-year-old, whatever they are, because the parents doesn't, don't know how to use the technology mm-hmm. well. Um, where everybody's a novice to some degree. The kids have grown up on it, but, but we're trying to figure out what, what goods and bads come with a, with a smart device of some kind. Absolutely. Well, uh, I would encourage anyone to check out this program at, at OBU. Uh, go to okbu.edu. And uh, something I love, just the, the, the message and mission of Jesus is part of everything at OBU. And, and just whether it's in this field or any of the others, and just I admire that so much. Uh, speaking of OBU, Dr. Emerson, I know there's some upcoming events. Yeah. We got the Generation Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other key yeah. updates for our, for our listeners at well, this time? I, I think at this point, you know, Generation Y is the big push. Yeah. Uh, and actually, our theme this year is creation. And we will be dealing with some of the uh, topics we've touched on today, including gender and sexuality. So th- if you're not familiar with Generation Y, we call it our Student Apologetics Conference. So this is intended to equip middle school and high school students to understand and defend their faith. Yeah. And so our theme this year is creation. We'll deal with a, a number of different issues related to creation, including gender and sexuality. And we want to equip our, the students in our state and beyond uh, to be able to have these conversations with their peers because they are having them. Um, so how do you have them in a way that's biblically rooted and theologically faithful? Absolutely. Great conference. Great uh, equipping time. Mar- it's in Sa- March. Saturday, March 4th. So one day. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think, 9 to 4.30 or something like that. But So all day, um, yeah. you know, we, we've got folks who drive kids from the panhandle. Uh, Absolutely. And, and closer. Um, yeah. So please come. We'd love to have you. If you have questions, feel free to contact me, and I'm happy to, to help out. Wonderful. And it's the type of thing even a youth minister could bring a group and get everybody signed up and, and drive yeah. there and just quality event. And, Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, we've run out of time. I wish we could keep going, but any any final thoughts or reading or uh, encouragement you'd want to leave us with, Dr. Camp, in, in any of these topics we've talked about today? Uh, final thought is uh, I think the family is uh, the center of, of what it is to live life, and um, we can only do well when we strengthen those. Amen. Good word. Good word, both of you. Thank you, man, yeah. and uh, God bless you. And Go to okbu.edu to learn more. Thank you again for listening. This Messenger Insight has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at baptistmessenger.com or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.